0: It's easy to make good choices when you have good insights, right? Well, AppSlayer's open platform provides the measurement, analytics, engagement, and fraud protection technologies you need to get the answers to all of your questions and make good choices for your business and customers. Is customer privacy important for you? Good. With AppSlayer, you can accurately measure your marketing while protecting customer privacy, bringing in New customers is great, getting accurate insights while protecting your customers' privacy is even better. AppSlyer's privacy-preserving measurement and cost aggregation technologies give you insights you can count on across channels, platforms, and devices. And here's something we all agree on. When it comes to the marketing, you should only pay for what works. AppSlyer's incremental lift testing makes it easy to make good choices for your marketing budget through accurate, unbiased insights into the true value of your marketing outcomes. Are you ready to start making good choices? Great, go to appslier.com and get yourself an attribution partner you deserve.
1: Really at Jam City, we want to treat the players first and foremost. We really care about their experiences. That comes down to ad quality and what type of ads they're seeing. We want to make sure that the performance is there. waterfall management does take a lot of time. The big drawback is the back and forth with networks, obviously the uh, analysis behind it. And not always is the juice worth the squeeze, so to speak.
0: That was Kyle. Kyle is the Senior Director of Ad Monetization from Jam City, and he uses IronSource's platform to automate his monetization and grow game revenue.
1: That is time that is really maximized and could theoretically be a 50 to 100% to 2x increase in overall ad revenue. Theoretically, level play just automates a lot of that. That is a huge time sink for a lot of our teams.
0: Want to grow like Jam City? Get the SDK on ironslc.com. That's ironslc.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Deconstructor of Fun podcast. I'm your host, Mishka Katkoff, and today, my guest is Mike Schmidt. Mike, welcome.
1: Hey, Mishka. Thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) So, Mike, tell people a little bit about yourself. You're a head of BD at Rec Room, but give people a little bit of a spiel of Mike Schmidt, if you will.
1: (laughs) Uh, I don't know what, what's the most interesting. Should we start with pizza delivery? Um,
0: uh, pizza delivery is good. Uh, you live in okay. Seattle. That's also good. You used to work at Apple. That's interesting. Uh, you kind of work at Wargaming, kind of like Wargaming Sells. That's interesting. So there's plenty of interesting things. So let's just there, go a little bit okay. through like, who's Mike Schmidt?
1: Um, let's see. So I'm a games business development person, background in marketing. I've been in mobile most of my career in games. Um And yeah, I spent a bunch of time at Apple on the platform side leading business development for the app store for games specifically. But um, now I am leading business development at Rec Room, which is a really, really exciting company in a really exciting space in a really exciting time.
0: So it's what's what's, So uh, what is Rec Room? Is it a games company? Is Is it a metaverse company? Is it a blockchain company? Does it have
1: tokens? (sighs) yeah I'll give you the same caveat I'm giving everybody you know i'm I'm four weeks in I'm still mm-hmm. uh understanding a lot discovering a lot. we kind of hate the term metaverse uh mm-hmm. for obvious reasons <laughs> but uh, I don't know if there's like a great alternative for it yet uh mm-hmm. and and these brands are kind of like or these these naming conventions are kind of silly we we think of it as a you know, it's a social games experience. Um, there's certainly games in there. You play games with your friends, but you don't have to play games. You can go uh, zen out in some fun room that has, um, you know, really cool aesthetic that somebody's created. Uh, you can go hang out at a Taco Bell. People make Taco Bell in the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's like a lot of fun places and interesting things. where you can play paintball or laser tag and things like that, or you can just hang out in the rec center with a bunch of people. But. Started in VR, um, now it's on almost every platform, so you can play it on mobile, you can play it on mm. console, on PC. Um, so our goal is to really be everywhere so that, you know, that kind of metaverse experience people are expecting, which is kind of check-in from anywhere, kind of comes to fruition with us. Um, but, yeah, i got to come up with a better term than metaverse. Uh, so it's like metaverse
0: without care. without Zuck, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't know what else you'd call it. <laughs> um,
0: so it's kind of like... Um... Second life meets Roblox for adult people.
1: Um, yeah. I wouldn't say we're necessarily just for adults. We certainly skew mm-hmm. a little older than uh, than Roblox, but mm-hmm. um, I think that it's much more accessible for adults. Like I, um, and, and for just to be clear, I don't have, you know, any battle against Roblox. I think what they built is tremendous. And there's a lot of great people over there that I've worked with over the years, but um, I don't, See myself hanging out in Roblox with my friends, but record mm-hmm. for sure is a place that I would feel comfortable going and hanging yeah. out with, you know, adults.
0: Or you'd be a little bit creepy if you'd be hanging out in Roblox. I'll be honest. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: have a ten-year-old. I have a ten-year-old that that spends enough time in Roblox, so you can definitely yeah. see what's let's, going let's on. Let's leave there.
0: it for the ten-year-old. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, so you were at Apple. How long were you at Apple? Uh, about
1: four years. Uh, mm-hmm. This stint, I actually did. Uh, almost four years in retail, like a decade and a half ago. Um, that was my kind of first career post pizza delivery. I was an Apple genius for a bunch of years
0: in, <laughs> in New
1: Jersey and in LA. Oh,
0: nice. Nice. Uh, what's it like working at Apple? So you worked in Cupertino, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We worked, in, I worked in the big ring building. Um, mm-hmm.
0: In the big ring.
1: <laughs> in the big ring. Uh, it's kind of surreal. I mean, it was mm-hmm. obviously, I, I, I will not say obviously, but Uh, I was certainly a fanboy going in. You know, I spent uh, my early career uh, in retail. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I I love the technology, I love what they built. Um, Mm -hmm. So, having the opportunity to go work uh, at corporate was kind of a dream for me. And there's certainly a lot of downsides to the building and to the town and all the other things around it. But uh, the company is pretty fascinating and, and quite special in many ways.
0: Very political answer. I'm I'm super happy about that. <laughs> no, I I mean, I'll, honestly, I'll, I'll tell you
1: whatever you want to know. Like, I don't have any bad will against Apple. Well, I, 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 no, I no, no. I, I wasn't.
0: I wasn't. So, so to be clear, like um, in the uh, in the podcast, like in the weekly podcast, some of my co-hosts do throw some shade towards Apple, and um, I'll be I'll be hundred percent. I'll be hundred percent honest. Apple makes the best shit it's uh it's like you can't go around like the best phones the best computers the best everything like yeah the privacy is kind of hurting us on the game development side but man uh i i kind of like like recently I'm, I'm i'm a i'm sometimes a man of extremes like i get this thing where like all right i'm going android i can't take this anymore like it's our perf- like number one platform now since we can't do it so i switched my phone to an android and i switched my computer to a razor and i'm like i'm happier now but i'm but but what happened was my computer ran out of juice and there wasn't a, a Mac so I grabbed it and I worked on it for a day and I was like what the fuck this is such a great device yeah, <laughs> so now man. I'm just scrolling waiting for the iPhone 13 Pro <laughs> dude and yeah we we
1: all listen to you or what I don't want to say we all they all mm-hmm. now we all listen to these podcasts and track the industry quite closely and it's fun to listen to to folks you know, comment on what's going on in the inside. And they're often like truly, completely wrong. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, you can't say much when you're on the inside, you're kind of just screaming silently like, no, this is not the case. And I was really close (laughs) to the privacy stuff and um, (laughs) privacy stuff is no joke. Like Apple really believes that there's no ulterior motive or some other strategy run. It It really is about privacy and and user privacy first. So sometimes it's at the disadvantage of, you know, uh, strategies that developers have been using for years, or, um, it interrupts some stuff that's been happening in the, in the industry for a long time, but, um, it was for the benefit of the user at the end of the
0: day. I get it. There's, there's two signs of the coins. Like, and oftentimes when you're in, when you're in the weeds of the games industry and you're kind of, you know, trying to beat the CPI and then do, you know, perfect your user acquisition and this privacy thing comes in and, and you're so self-centered that you think it's only against me, the game developer, that this is changing. <laughs> when yeah. in fact, it probably has nothing to do with the game developers. Like they're just collateral damage. There, there wasn't, you know, not even an afterthought. It was like it's a much bigger thing. I understand uh, the privacy things are very important when zooming out and and really kind of looking at the uh, at how the um, how we the people are developing under you know under this crazy marketing machine that is in our pockets and and everywhere that we go. So I do understand privacy from that perspective, but you can still be mad. Uh, (laughs) I was mad for, for six months, but now I'm going back on Apple. So don't tell anybody. (laughs) <laughs> the market and people adapt i mean that's the thing it's like people get
1: mad about changing yeah. the headphone jack going away nobody talks yeah. about it anymore kind nah, of
0: nobody cares it, the cd, yeah, the the World CD even Ops. the yeah, the cd part went up so wait a minute you said um you said the games team listens to deconstructor of pod deconstructor of fun podcast at apple <laughs> yeah you missed your brand there for a second uh they do uh
1: not, you know like they they're very connected to the industry and mm-hmm. in, in ways that i think is unclear to the outside world yeah. um yeah. only because you know they don't go do uh speaking engagement they don't do this for sure yeah. like. Uh, <laughs> but uh they have their ear to the ground and they you know speak every day with developers so they, they know course. what's going on
0: yeah i mean uh, i've met plenty of app store managers during during my time and and uh, wine and dined with them, so it's they're, they're real people and really nice people as well. <laughs> Generally, and really do, nice people. Yeah. they do like really really good restaurants. I have to say, like the best restaurants that I've been at is always either with Google or Apple. Uh, and sometimes, yes. if you go three star Michelin, you can get both in the same room. <laughs> that's, that's true. That has
1: happened. Um, that has happened. I've it. been
0: there. <laughs> like, but it has to be three star Michelin to to kind of like so. Anybody thinking about wining and dining Apple and Google, it you can actually save by getting the best restaurant in town and then you can get them both at the same time during the same evening so that's uh i want to (laughs) carry
1: we certainly went to like really nice dinners but honestly Mm -hmm. i loved it when a developer would be like hey let's go grab pizza um or Mm -hmm. cream barbecue across the street so it doesn't need to be that they just want to connect
0: don't don't no i've i've eaten food with literal (laughs) gold with apple and google (laughs) oh
1: i know i've heard this story i that's a classic one but
0: um (laughs) for sure you're you're let's continue let's continue with that i love line dining whining and dining with apple and google (laughs) but uh but but hey let's let's talk about something else And, and shout out to everybody at apple um thank you for listening and um I, you know, we got a bunch I of have Apple. To say sorry for
1: for leaving to Android. You have to apologize.
0: <laughs> no, I'm 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 gonna be on both. I, I I realize that I have to. I I just have to have Android nowadays. It can't go without it if you're if you're making games. But um, but on my personal device, I'm coming back. Apple, I'm coming back. <laughs>
1: that's that's what I'm I, saying. <laughs> I actually need to get an Android phone for work too to test out yeah. the game. So if you yeah. could give me a recommendation, because I have no clue what's going on over there. Any? I think
0: I think uh, I think people say good things about the uh, the pixel the newest pixel pro or, okay. or something but seems like I have say the, uh, the samsung one so uh you know it's, they'll track everything you do so it doesn't matter which one you take <laughs> <laughs> so Great. um let's talk about let's talk about something um let's let's just go through various different topics tell me what do you think about epic
1: oh epic games yeah um <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts, sir. Okay. Uh, It okay. broke my heart. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it definitely could start there. Um, I'll, I'll caveat this conversation with a lot of awesome people at Epic and I've made some really close friends through my relationship with Epic when I was at Apple, but man, did they screw up? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, have, you know, I, I can talk literally for days and days about the topic, but I think generally my, my thoughts distilled down to a few sentences would be, um, if you're working with a platform and you have a good ongoing relationship but you want things to change
0: mm-hmm.
1: diplomacy is the answer like 100 yes. of the time you will have you know a much better chance of success through diplomacy um than you know waging a public war um and i think you know even the strategy around that about having it trying to get the audience to to do stuff on your behalf or trying to get your players to do stuff on your behalf like There's just a lot of gross stuff that happened there. And um, I just think it was unfortunate. And it was at the detriment of players. Like I Mm -hmm. was a huge Fortnite player. I played a ton of Fortnite. My whole house played Fortnite. Um, So having it on the go was kind of a huge part of that experience. Kind of like
0: Mm -hmm.
1: when when I'm talking about rec room being everywhere, that's a really important thing for players to, to have that full experience everywhere. So, you know, pulling yourself from one of the most prominent platforms is not an ideal strategy in my opinion.
0: And I think what do you that, think uh, uh made Tim Sweeney kind of wage the war instead of going through the route of diplomacy
1: I mean I couldn't tell you what's in Tim's head uh, he didn't come to meetings he didn't he didn't really speak directly with the app Store folks there's certainly people on his team that you know had great relationships with us and uh, I was personally very blindsided by it so uh, i'm not going to be able to speak to his motivation mm-hmm. but I think that He probably believes the stuff that he was saying. He seems like pretty sincere in that way. Like he believes the stuff that he's putting out on Twitter. So I don't think there's anything below the surface there. Some other nefarious reasons behind it. And, you know, I don't think they're going to be making their own hardware or anything like that, but definitely a strange strategy. Um, And it certainly seemed like it was completely Tim's strategy at the end of the day. And it uh, wasn't necessarily coming from the folks on the ground.
0: What could it be I mean Tim has been on this podcast as well. So uh could it be I'm just throwing hypothesis since since, uh could it be that that there's as the company has grown and has gotten tremendous amount of success through Fortnite uh and Epic Store and and all the other avenues, um, could it be in a way that you know when when you grow when you have tremendous amount of success? Uh, usually the people who are joining your company and Epic has grown significantly uh, in, in terms of uh, headcount since, since Fortnite's release could it be that there's a lot of yes men if you will so when you have like these type of ideas like let's say you know if I'd be doing great and I'd be like you know what I might just stick it up to Google right now <laughs> have a bunch of people around me like, that's a great idea, dude. I think you should. I think you should follow your, your conviction and values. And nobody's like, hey, man, uh, I don't know if that's the best case. Like, should we talk to them maybe first? Or what do you think?
1: <laughs> I mean, for sure, any major company, you're going to get like sycophants mm-hmm. that, you know, are just trying to get closer to the sun and say whatever, you know, leadership yeah. wants. But I think generally what's going on there, uh, much like any other big organization is there's a strategy and to change a strategy is not an easy thing to do. And, uh, often is top down. And I think it would have taken a massive, you know, groundswell to have turned that ship and changed Tim's mind on that. And I don't know if that was even possible. I mean, at the end of the day, the leadership of that company decided to do what they did. And, um, I, I think folks on the ground were, bummed out about it, but I don't know if they felt like, Oh, if only we would have, you know, said, no, we don't want to do this or anything like that. Um, but yeah, that's not, that's not unique to Epic. I think that big companies are hard to shift. Uh, when a mm-hmm. strategy set in motion, it's hard to pull back.
0: Yeah. But, but in this type of situation where you have one strong leader that is able to make those things and as the company grows, the, uh, the distance between the folks on the ground and the growing organization just grows. So um, I'm just throwing hypothesis because, you know, when you make these type of big decisions, like going to war against one of the biggest companies in the world, you have to have people who, who you can talk to about it. And it, it really kind of like, I understand that you're saying like, this is Tim strategy and so forth, but I would also, you know, put a little bit of, um, ownership, not necessarily blame, but ownership on the whole leadership team that should be there making these decisions together and especially influencing the CEO as, as he's making these type of decisions.
1: Yeah. And you know, they, they had a lot of churn, um, on Mm -hmm. the partnership side. So there's a lot of new folks that came in on the partnership side. That's what I was trying to say. So, uh, of course, like you get a bunch of new folks in there, it's unlikely that they're going to be, you know, stomping their foot down and Mm -hmm. and screaming that we shouldn't be doing X, Y, or Z when, you know, they haven't even gotten their, their foot, their feet on the ground at the company. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, it's clearly in my mind, it was, you know, senior leadership strategy and um, whether or not it was middle management that was saying yes to it or, you know, trying mm-hmm. to push back on it. I don't think it would have mattered at the end no. of the
0: day. Yeah. Yeah. So what should have they done instead?
1: I mean, there's a clear example. If, if you're super like, interested. Let's, let's, in, let's like, take a
0: step and, and you're now in the leadership, like time machine, boom, we go back. You're in the leadership team of Epic. And Tim is coming, and he's like, you know what? I'm about to release the hounds. Like, I think we should go full frontal assault. And you'd be yeah. like, hey, man, I have an idea. What? What is? What? What's your? What? What is Mike Schmidt? And then, like, yeah, the room my... turns. Like, Mike <laughs> Schmidt says, like, hey, hey, um, guys, I got something to say.
1: <laughs> First of all, I, I hate this hypothesis, but uh, if I'm going to play along. Uh, number uh-huh. one, I would be like, Tim, you should meet with Apple. You should come mm-hmm. to a meeting and discuss uh, the things that are upsetting you. Um, Cause it was confusing. Like publicly, I think it was like GDC 2018. Um, one of those conferences where he said, you know, we're so happy for Apple and Google to be opening up their platforms for cross play. And Apple was one of the first surprisingly, I think to allow cross play, you know, we did it with, they did, I, I keep saying we, I have to stop. Uh, they did it with Minecraft um, mm-hmm. early on and, um, They're super open. We were really open to having that experience be Mm cross-platform and uh, cross-wallet and cross-progression everything. So it was weird to hear, uh, you know, Tim say something publicly positive. um, And then after the fact, reading all of the documents and seeing like, oh, yeah, this was a long time coming and we had no idea. So super strange. I would have certainly have gone for diplomacy, because if you look at some of the things that happened and these are all public documents now, Um, there's a gifting policy that Epic wanted to change that weren't happy with on the App Store side. And, you know, the folks on the ground, um, myself included, went to bat and got other folks in leadership uh, on board with pitching a change to our policy in order to enable gifting because it was better for our players. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that was kind of the lens we always looked at things with is, is this good for users? Um, We love it when it's also good for developers. Like for sure, That's, that's, that's absolutely a priority of the App Store. But... In this scenario, in the gifting scenario, it was perfect because it was good for users, good for developers, good for us. um, So we're able to make that change. So it's not like they're this inflexible, immovable thing. Like they they do adapt and change their mind and um, they'll continue to adapt. So I think that diplomacy, again, I'm going to be a broken record, would have been the ideal strategy for, for Epic in this scenario. And I think it's just unfortunate for their players, for the folks that were doing the great work on the ground for the partnerships that they went this route and kind of acted, um, in my opinion, like, kind of like petulant children. Um, and that's probably about as salty as, or, or as we get. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, un- I understand your point, because now, now, as, as you described it, because you were one of those people on the ground trying to make the changes that were requested by Epic and getting those changes through. And yes, it's just, Apple is a gigantic company. Uh, Epic is large corporation. So everything moves very slowly and then kind of understanding that while you were fighting for these small changes, uh, getting them through, there was actually, you know, uh, the guns were already aimed and it was kind of like fruitless to even do any of that because in the end, um, the game is out on from iOS.
1: Dude, we had a meeting like a month before the, the hot fix in August. Like, uh-huh. we, meet, like a, we every once in a while, we'll do these business reviews and... Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their senior leadership showed up, our senior leadership showed up and everything was awesome. we like had these great plans for mm-hmm. the fall and moving into holiday and
0: yeah, went to um, went to Michelin Star restaurant, maybe Lazy Bear, <laughs> some other one. <laughs>
1: I think the only time we, we did eat well together with that, but, but I, I was more like, let's go, let's go get some chicken parm. Like I wasn't necessarily Michelin star, but yeah. Um, also when you're in, when you're in North Carolina, I don't think there's many Michelin star restaurants. Oh, you were in North Carolina. Got it,
0: got it, got it, got it. it makes sense. No, but um,
1: yeah, that, that was kind of one of the other surprising things is we had this awesome meeting, mm-hmm. everything was really positive And then that happened and we're all just like super
0: confused. Yeah. Yeah, I I understand. My right. son, the way
1: I found yep. out about it, my my son came and woke me up, uh, <laughs> and he was like on his iPad. He's like, "Hey, there's a really big sale in Fortnite." And I was like, uh-huh, what? "Uh huh, what?" And like I'm like squinting awake, and he's like, "Yeah, if you if you pay online," and I was like, "What do you mean?" And he's like showing me what's happening in the game with the UI and yeah. the web view, and I was like, "What is this?"
0: <laughs> so, <laughs> so wait a minute. Um, if if they would have waited a little bit, because now on app store, it's allowed to promote your, um, top-up pages, if you will, or, you know, or your cross-play opportunities, uh, you can do that inside the app. So essentially they could have done that now.
1: Yeah. But I mean, there's also the, they may take some amount of credit for pushing that faster than, um, mm-hmm. would have typically have happened perhaps, but I, I think, now, know, again, I'll be uh, super uh, <laughs> broken record, but I think that if they would have gone the route that I suggested with diplomacy, we would have had those changes prior to um, you know even the the court uh, yeah, case yeah. happening. So
0: if it was in motion already, it would have come in eventually. So yep. so yeah, kind of sad that that now it's like you have to even on, even on Android you have to install the other uh, the Epic and. the epic installer and then get the other Fortnite through that and it's just like it's a little bit of a hassle before you get into it um yeah bummer let's take a little break and talk about how to boost your live ops now we all know that you need great people and fantastic tools to get the most out of your live games and i'm sure you got the people part covered but how fantastic your true, your tools truly are well listen if your game is made with unity you need to check out Beamable. Beamable is like an operating system for live games built in Unity. Beamable simplifies everything from updating your game to selling all those cool in-game items with special offers. And when it comes to live events and competitive features like leaderboards, Beamable got you covered. And Beamable is not only for your product folks, with visual prefabs for Unity and the ability to keep you all to keep all your server code in C-sharp means life is simpler for your programmers and most importantly, you'll get to the market faster. If much lower cost of development and efficiency of operations is your jam, then Beamable is your toast. Go to Beamable.com because Deconstructor of Fun told you so. Sorry for interrupting this podcast, but I got an important message. It's about increasing your game's revenues. I bet your mobile games is ready to find new, untapped audience and a juicy 40% revenue boost. Well, you can achieve global reach and acquire new players with local payment methods and exclusive content and with huge savings on platform fees. After recent events allowing developers to sell virtual items and currencies directly to players with a substantial savings on transaction fees, Exola launched web shop for mobile games this timely solution helps you unlock global potential and grow your mobile games beyond the app store and unite your player community across all devices plus it can also improve discoverability and boost player retention if you're ready to increase revenue save on fees and ing- regain control over distribution exola webshop for mobile games can help you succeed visit exola.pro/dof or go to the link in this podcast description. Now, back to the episode. Uh, but, but let's talk about let's <laughs> talk about something uh, other. Stuff. Let's talk happier. about Netflix. I don't know if this is upbeat, but what do you think about Netflix going into games?
1: I think it's super fascinating. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I sincerely believe that they have a a serious shot at being successful um, with the game subscription service. Game subscriptions are hard. Um, they have a built-in user base. They're really focused on engagement. Um, I think the first couple of stuff they put out uh, has obviously been not super interesting, but it was kind of. I would say shitty. Work. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's to make sure that all the. the two, two stranger everything.
0: things, games. And, uh, and one, like, what <laughs> can be almost described as a hyper casual game. Not, yeah. not like, not like you're your first foot forward. And I understand that those games already existed and they're probably testing something. It wasn't like Mike Verdu, like first thing as he joins, like I'm going to greenlit <laughs> two additional Stranger <laughs> Thing games. Oh but, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I
1: mean, look at their, their video content strategy. The mm-hmm. first couple of originals they put out weren't fantastic. Yeah. Um, so they're testing the water and seeing how everything works. And I think they're yeah. smart. And honestly, the thing that people are um, now learning is the talent that they've acquired and uh, the ongoing talent acquisition they're doing uh, i feel like many studios really undervalue that uh or or i don't want to say undervalue but they don't realize truly how important building like the proper chemistry and a great team really can be for a product Um, it can be the differentiator. Like you can have something Mm -hmm. that maybe has a substandard strategy and bring in a bunch of amazing talent and lift it and make it really amazing. So I give them a lot of credit for going out and hiring some amazing people, uh, and continuing to do so. I'm actually like checking every day to see like, who else is going to announce, who else is going (laughs) to be over there next. Um, it's been fascinating to watch.
0: So latest one as of recording today uh, they announced uh, Amir Rahimi, who's coming in as a VP of game studios. And Amir is coming in from Fox Next, so the Scoply studio. Um, what's your take on that?
1: I mean, if Fox Next was an incredible studio, in my opinion. Um, so I think he has a lot of credibility. Um, the folks that I know that have worked with him have said very positive things. Mm-hmm. Um so I think that was a good move. And honestly, because they're still so focused on talent acquisition, getting some of those folks in the industry that have a really good reputation, that have really great connections, that can kind of sell people on the vision of the company, or the vision of the studio in this case, um, is really important. And certainly having Mike there, and Mike you know, can call up folks and get a lot of people because he's got great credibility. But the, the more the merrier in that scenario, especially if you're gonna build out a big studio strategy because you know from afar I, i'm watching them i'm thinking like okay there's probably going to be first party and third party and like there's going to be a lot of things they're, they're testing out so they're gonna have to fill a lot of roles to make that happen
0: how do you think they're going to go in and execute third party first party
1: I let's, let's just I break think, it down you know, Let, like,
0: like let's start uh third party that's that's easier one what are the, so i know that they're working with uh Next Games, which is a Helsinki-based uh, game studio. They just released their Stranger Things, kind of like a puzzle RPG game. You know, nothing to write home about. It was nicely done, but it's it's not really scaling or doing that that, that you know, good. Also, there's no Stranger Things season running at the moment, so it's kind of like weird time to release that game. Very weird time to release that game. Uh, But that's an example of a third party studio. I don't know which other ones. I think they've announced some, but I kind of forgot. So what do you think they're going to do? And like, what platforms are they choosing and how are they going to go about with the third parties?
1: I think they're going to test a lot. So I think they're going to work with a bunch of third party studios. They certainly Mm -hmm. have the appetite for it. They have the budget for it. I think first party, they might be a little bit slower with just because it's uh, like mistakes are more meaningful there um, or more damaging there. And I think that first party is probably their their long-term goal to, to solve and figure out. It'll be interesting to see it kind of come together with their video content too. Like if hmm. you remember, uh, they were doing a lot of product placement for mobile games for a while. Like House of Cards had a bunch of mobile games. House of Cards also had like call of duty and other stuff in it too. So I I think that they.
0: (laughs) I don't remember that. You don't remember remember that? I I remember the rowing machine for some reason. Dude, there were some really weird ones. Like uh, he had a PSP. Um, and mm-hmm. he
1: was like, it, it, it was a total, like,
0: yeah. But
1: in the middle of like a scene, like a serious scene to be a non sequitur, mm-hmm. he'd be like, and that's why I have my PSP here to help, you know, get out all my frustration in this Call of Duty game. And I was like, oof.
0: <laughs> PSP and Call of Duty. What? I don't,
1: like, it was like strange. Or he was playing Monument Valley and stuff too. Oh. So mm-hmm.
0: You vaguely recall that one vaguely vaguely i do i think they got a big bump of of downloads when when they when they did that
1: that's very possible so uh i think because they have that you know tremendous built-in audience
0: they have a pretty awesome promotional tool there um but but i like mike third party is fucking hard like Mm -hmm. starting third party is easy but succeeding in third party is very very difficult in the context of services, I think products could work quite well, like riot is doing great with third party. now they're releasing game every, you know, almost every month with with some of their characters kind of doing like a smaller game, but but those are, you know, you just download it and it's it's fun, whatever. But if you're running a service, if it's a free to play game, I think third party is very difficult because once the game goes live, how are you going to distribute? the revenues? How are you going to incentivize the developer to continue work on this game and make it bigger uh, versus sandbagging it, the development? Um, and just just like, how do you align on, on the um, on the common goal? Like, that's, 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 that's the hardest part about third party. And that's why I like scopely strategy. And now the tilting point strategy as well, where essentially, if the game goes live, if it goes into live service, you get acquired. And if it doesn't, yeah. then goodbye.
1: I don't see Netflix doing that kind of, that, that kind of strategy or structure. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be closer to the studio model and, um, they may release products. You know, yes, release products and acquire it if it's going well and they want to do three more of them. Um, but I don't see them doing like free to play live hops and stuff like that. It just seems kind of antithetical to their goal. Like their goal is to, you know, keep subscribers around as long as humanly possible. Mm-hmm. I think like mm-hmm. acquisitions for sure still on their, uh, on their radar, but, Um, I think that, you know, if if I had to spend a dollar, uh, to acquire a user, I still feel like Netflix would probably be a better place to send them than a Netflix game, um, until that's inverted and the games are easy to acquire users through. I think that it's mostly going to be around retention and keeping people in the ecosystem as
0: long as possible. Um, but do you think products keep like by products, I mean, games that are not free to play, do you think those are the greatest at retention? Because let's be honest, let's look at Apple arcade like the retention numbers and that, when we looked at the graphs of all the different subscription services, they weren't too great, even though the games were arguably quite good in terms of like, you know, how they were being made and so forth.
1: I think it'll come down to social to some degree. One of the interesting uh-huh. things Netflix can do is connect you with your family. Um, so they they can have a very personal game experience too if you're playing with your kids and something mm-hmm. kind of casual connected to an IP that you really love so again Stranger Things uh, or something along those lines uh, but I think it's also great to connect with an IP that you're uh, in love with that is off season and doesn't have you know new content coming and being able to kind of still engage with it and put fresh mm-hmm. content about the IP into the game. Because again, one of the things that they can do that's special is build out a universe um that they have ownership over. And um kind of like you know, WB did a little bit of this with Game of Thrones where there'd be some kind of new interesting things that happen in the game that would tie back to the the show but were in offshoot. But, but, the, of the, but show. the game
0: launched uh, on the like sixth or seventh season. Like it was you know at the tail end. Yeah. Uh, they were really late with their game. So they didn't do but, that I mean, much.
1: Game of Thrones is coming back. So there's that
0: too. Uh, Here's what I would do. Like if I would be at Netflix and they well, if, if Mike would call me like, Hey dude, come, I have this great vision. Like, what do you want to do? You know what, what I would want to do at Netflix. I want to make games for kids because they have the whole kids section. That's where the true engagement is going to be. Because I, I look at my daughter, she's scrolling through the, uh, through the uh, the whole catalog and you know she likes her talkabocas and like you name it all those kind of educational games and you always have to pay a subscription for almost any game that there is out there dude kids games killer like if netflix would also have a kids game catalog I'll pay more for that
1: that's got to be coming i mean that 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 would be crazy if it wasn't on the roadmap um I love the Netflix kids uh, section in general, much yeah. much preferred over
0: YouTube Kids. Uh, and they would be like, suck at Disney because Disney would yeah. be done. Like like, just keep your Mickey Mouse because you know you can draw Masha the Bear and <laughs> you name it. Yeah. All these obscure. obscure Dude, I was, uh, <laughs> uh,
1: This is maybe uh, giving too much about my my parenting habits around screen time, mm-hmm. uh, away, but uh, I was putting my daughter to sleep last night and she asked for two stories and I was like, mm-hmm. okay, fine. We'll, we'll, give you two stories tonight. Um, and I finished the first story and she goes, is there an ad? So I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, between the two stories, is there an ad? <laughs> like, no, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna read you ad copy between the two stories. That's That's like, oh shit! They have to limit their screen time when they the ads are starting to bleed into real
0: life. Uh, we we've actually limited quite significantly the screen time, so they can you know she can watch on weekends, but but can't play during the week really, and preferably yeah. like she has one show like this 20 minute kind of like a kid show that she can watch after she comes, uh, you know from from daycare, but screen time, then it's, then you're done. Like no more. That's, that's it. And, um, for, for all the parents out there, highly recommend limiting significantly the screen time. You'll be amazed how much they become tolerable after that.
1: <laughs> for sure. I, I completely agree. I think that early COVID everything was mm-hmm. out the window.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but, but now but, we're coming w- back to normal. I got to limit but, the screen time. But, but then there's good stuff. Like I have these kids games that Now, most of the, like, I think over half of our listeners don't have kids. They're like, stop, stop talking about kids, but, (laughs) but but trust me. Uh, So, so, but there are these kids games that uh, with where you can draw with Apple pen and and stuff like that. Those are great. Like I I would really, like, I would really want Netflix to push to that direction as well. Like enough of this, you know, like, I, I think that's the easiest win, to be honest. I think that's the, because all the kids are spending a lot of time in that. And if they would have a carousel. Uh, if I would have to show first engagement metrics, like if I would have to get the first win at Netflix, I'd be like, Mike, put me on kids games. <laughs> I'll show you yeah. some engagement numbers. <laughs> like I want to make games for four to eight year old, eight year olds.
1: Quick plug. You can use Apple pencil mm-hmm. and rec room to draw on a whiteboard and to, to uh-huh. build stuff with the Apple. Pencil, awesome. It's
0: quite impressive.
1: What people make with it.
0: Uh- <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, yeah. So, so Netflix is is definitely interesting. But, um, so what do you think that they're going to do with their first parties? Like, who do you think they they'll you know end up acquiring? I think they already did acquire Studio.
1: Yeah, they've been doing small stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they could do some interesting bigger moves, but like acquire it's right now. Uh, I mean, that might be. Yeah, that that would be an interesting one. I don't I don't see that happening. Scopely's kind of uh, got their own growth plan that that seems separate from you know what Netflix is doing. Scopely is a very healthy business, so I I think it's really competitive right now. There's certainly players, including Scopely and Zynga, um, and now Netflix, looking at acquiring studios continually. Um, so it's it's a great time to be a game developer especially an indie game developer working on free-to-play so mm-hmm. uh, if if you're out there and you've just you know started or you've uh you're a year or two into your free-to-play business and you're an indie um you should be talking to these folks uh, at mm. least at least casually and getting an understanding of what they're looking for and trying to figure out how to fill in the gaps because i think there's some tremendous opportunities
0: for acquisition with these bigger studios scooping up smaller companies that, that would be actually great to get somebody from netflix to talk about their strategy and and um yeah casually so that yeah so, so yeah so so people would would know who to contact and then like really understand what they're looking for like is it the kids games which i highly recommend you're really like
1: i i think this is your I, I, you brought me on just so you could pitch uh your your portfolio and and get an offer from <laughs> I, I don't make kids <laughs> like...
0: games i don't make kids games but <laughs> I'd be I'd be I'd make mad good kids games I'm just saying yeah my girl always asked me like daddy did you do this game I was like not that one honey not that one I wish (laughs) like (laughs) usually about some really great game I'm like no (laughs) but uh but I've I've definitely swung some angry birds on my days anyway (laughs) uh moving moving to the uh the next topic uh let's talk about the state of mobile games what's your take
1: um, I think that, you know, the privacy changes really mix things up a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. App tracking transparency certainly uh, was a sobering moment for many developers. Um, but I think those kind of shifts are, are healthy in many ways. It, it's interesting to watch the market adapt to what I felt like was inevitable changes. Like these changes were coming no matter what. Uh, yep. And I think that uh, if I were a betting man, I would say it's probably going to get more severe over the next couple of years. And I don't mean severe in a bad way necessarily. I mean, your your uh, your your point of view might change depending on, or, or be different from that, depending on where you're sitting. But I think that privacy is gonna be ultimately more important, not just to Apple, but to the other platforms as well. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So I think if you're building out a studio now where you have a really significant ad budget, uh, or you're a UA manager, you should be thinking really hard about what your privacy strategy looks like and what marketing looks like in a very pro strategy ecosystem. Um, but a lot of that falls onto the uh, the ad networks and the MMPs as well. So I think that they're you know highly interested in it, and there are a few that are more proactive than others. But there's been some silly stuff and some you know lip service that um, unfortunately wasn't. Uh, wasn't followed through on or Like, I, I think a good example is like, you know, MMPs changing a callback from fingerprinting to probabilistic. And it's just like a name change, right? in the SDK. And they're like, okay, job's done. Now it's probabilistic instead of fingerprinting. And I was like, I, I think that, you know, might fly for the time being. Um, but, Ultimately, if you're not really thinking about how to do true privacy friendly um, marketing and user acquisition, you're going to find yourself in some pain when it becomes impossible to do fingerprinting or impossible to do whatever tracking you're doing right now.
0: So is it so that that once, you know, Google will likely move to a similar type of direction, I kind of doubt that they will be as harsh because that's their business, you know, ads is not Apple's business, but. Google runs on ads, quite, you know, quite frankly. But um, who do you think will be the sort of like the winners and and the losers when when the um, as this gets more and more strict?
1: I mean, certainly social uh, social games have a much better chance of kind of catching that uh, viral moment and taking off. And um, I think you look at like. Um, Roblox's growth over the last however many years that was very mm-hmm. much focused on organic growth and it's now a tremendous platform so um, certainly there's money to be made through advertising and and uh, or rather users to be acquired through advertising I don't think that's going away but I think you're gonna have to have a much different strategy it's not going to be as focused on uh, like the Forex uh, kind of acquisition strategy, which is like I'm going to go hunt a single person and get yeah, you know this yeah, user for fifty dollars and that, exactly. So uh, I think that's kind of going away uh, and for the better. But I think there will be you know strong marketing strategies, UA strategies that can exist in a privacy friendly world. But I think social will be much more important and making it easier for people to find your game. Being on more platforms, yeah. um, brand marketing will definitely still be might even grow, might be a bigger channel than, it's, than mm-hmm. it is right now. But um, one of the things that's nice about thinking about those you know, the future views, everybody's gonna be in the same boat. So there, there won't be, um, at least on the platforms where it's going to be very strict, there won't be some folks that have access to things that others don't, it'll be very egalitarian and everybody will live in that same privacy friendly world. So if a strategy is working around user acquisition, everybody will have access to that and be able to do the same thing. The problem okay. So there's th- like the smaller yeah. studios that don't have the money to pay for relevance. Um, they'll have to be a lot more focused on organic. Those users are still looking for games. They're still looking for experiences. So it's not like, like game gamers are going to stop searching or, you know, stop installing games. Like that's certainly going to continue. They're just going to find it in different ways.
0: Do you think, um, featuring will become more important again?
1: Um, featuring's always been important, Mishka. Uh, it's never been not important. I
0: think. <laughs> <laughs> listen, pe- professionals listen to this podcast. Like, we know what featuring is. So. <laughs> I think <laughs> like, if
1: you look at, um, <laughs> there's certainly users that, that really look to Apple or Google as tastemakers and they want Mm -hmm. to see what's on the, you know, the today tab or on the games tab more specifically and like dig in and and see what's fresh Mm -hmm. and new. And Apple's made amazing moves uh, to make it easier to find games. If you look at like the app store page today, uh, the games tab today, it has transaction buttons on the banners now and things like that to make it more developer friendly, but also, Mm -hmm. um, you know, m- make it user friendly as well. I think that search is tremendously important; will continue to be tremendously important.
0: Um, I think Google has done better job on featuring games in the well, Play shots Store. Shots
1: fired! Damn. No, I'm it, uh, like, I'm, like, listen. This is that, coming from yeah. a
0: person who is going back on 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 iOS. Like, this is not shots fired. This is just objectively looking from product perspective, and and the elements that that Google has been adding are quite phenomenal. Like, like the, you know, up from, from, you know, you don't even have to install a game to, to try it. It's just, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's really good. The, um, yeah,
1: Yeah, you're looking at at it with a developer lens. I think that's okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, I I think that depending on what kind of user you are, you might find the app store experience to be superior to the Google play store experience, but vice versa might be true. So, Mm -hmm. From a developer standpoint, I think Google's built many amazing tools over however many years they've been around now—ten yeah. years. Um, yeah. Google Play, but uh, but App Store is certainly not going to be sleeping on that. I mean, the A/B testing stuff that's coming, the in-app event stuff has has been really interesting. So. I think that again, Apple's super focused on users in a way that most companies aren't, and they respect privacy in a way that most companies mm-hmm. don't. So, if you look at you know how they're surfacing more games you might like and stuff like that, it's it's not going to be because you spent five hundred dollars in this other game. this forex yeah. game, we're going to show you a forex game that you can spend another no, five hundred dollars in. Like, that's not their jam, but um, yeah, I think that back to your original question, for sure, organic will be more important. Organic consoles will be more important. So, by nature of that being true. Uh, featuring will be more important.
0: Um, and since, oh, I wanted to ask this since since we're talking about firing shots, does anybody read those? Um, <laughs> the <laughs> app store does those, like uh, like you know, developer highlights. I've, I've been, i don't know, done those some. A like,
1: tab, yeah,
0: yeah, like some of that. And then you write like a like a silly story, like whatever whatever you guys want for featuring. We'll write a little story and give you some images. Like, do people actually read that? Do does Apple measure it or is like, or is this like a passion project?
1: Um, that's a great question. I think that, uh, they'll certainly read it. If there's ever a rec room story, there'll be many, many users that will read it. So if uh, editorial <laughs> team's listening, I think that's the best way to get readers. Um, they, they um, do have
0: that new app store manager. Who's like working on, on, you know, the, maybe the third iteration of it, but, but like, but just, you don't know, like just wink. They like do people actually read that because I've, I've probably never read it. Like I kind of read it a little bit and I'm like, this is like a, this is like a, a weak PR piece.
1: I think if you look at how, their strategy over the last mm-hmm. couple of years, as they've grown from, you know, these long form, yeah. like deep dives on developers to more mm-hmm. transactional, like here's a collection of things that you might like. Yeah. Here's yeah. a short book. Like, you can see kind of the direction they're heading and
0: that's, um, that's better.
1: The goal of that tab isn't necessarily transactions, though, right? Like, I think people, again, misunderstand what Apple's goals are. Just like on the games tab, it's not necessarily like get as many installs as possible. It's like surface the stuff that we really like and we care about and we want to show users. Um, mm-hmm. If it transacts really well and people love it, awesome. But Today tab is even further removed from that. They just want to inform and and kind of uh, give you a bit more insight than you would typically expect a platform mm. like uh, the App Store to give you. But um, yeah, I mean, certainly people read it for sure. There's a lot of users that come to the App Store. Uh,
0: it's a pretty, All right. it's a pretty big. If you platform. say so, <laughs> if you say so. Um, <laughs> so um, and and since we're talking about App Stores, like I don't I don't think Google has has those you know people writing that kind of stuff. It seems like it's it's much more algorithm-based. Like they're really looking at what kind of games you might be eager to play because you're playing these, like you might like this. It's, and you know, I have a bunch of shooter games and does constantly recommend me new shooter games, which is great, but it also recommends me like some games that are, I'm like, huh, yeah, I would actually like that. And then it kind of learns more and more of, of the type of games that I like versus, um, this sort of like egalitarian Apple approach. We're like, no, I think you should really like this game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like it like a, like a wine connoisseur, you know, like coming in, like this wine is great and you'd be like, well, I don't like it. It's like, it is fantastic. It's like, well, (laughs) you know, that's, that's, that's the kind of a, that's the kind of like, I'm I'm thinking of Google more like a, like a strip mall and then Apple more like this, uh, that's like a concierge service (laughs) where you have like, like a person telling me what I should do. (laughs) I think they would like that comparison. Um, (laughs)
1: You know, Apple does have personalization on the app store, so uh, Mm -hmm. there's, there's, kind of areas that are focused on that, like based on your last download or more games you might like. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, they don't want to ever do anything that disrespects user privacy. So uh, not that Google disrespects user privacy. I just think Google has a much deeper history of figuring out that kind of stuff uh, mm-hmm. and, and has a lot of tech that's you know been leveraged from other areas of Google to make Google Play do exactly yeah. what you're saying. And some users love that. Like, I think that's great. If you have an Android phone and you're cool with that and that's what you want, then more part to I don't find anything wrong with that at all. Uh, yeah, yeah. But
0: it's just totally uh, You know different. what I find wrong is Apple featuring Talking Tom. <laughs> I don't know if your kids on. have Talking Tom, any of the Talking Toms. I, I don't you know if your, kid, yeah. if your kids have played Talking Tom. That game is riddled with ads and yeah. it makes kids cry all over the world in <laughs> millions <laughs> like but it's it's also featured on the front page sometimes and on, on on the app store i'm like so Do you guys Netflix, netflix
1: has guys netflix has a talking tom
0: show too right i believe well the show might be great i'm like outfit seven yeah. i don't have anything bad to you know say about your company slovenia is a fantastic country you're doing a fantastic job whatever uh but the talking tom like i'm talking about the original like T- you know touch the cat and then they do a bunch of stuff like not not really a game but more like a, a like like the sort of like interactive thing it's so real with with ads that it it makes my girl cry all the time and then I have to uninstall it and then she cries even more she's like I can take the ads I'm like no you can't we need to get rid of this game <laughs> but yeah, it's it's so- featured on the top page in in App Store so I'm kind of like always confused like like just put in social casino next because I think that's even, even like a more, you know, a nicer version because at least they target older men and adults. Yeah.
1: Yeah, There's a lot to unpack in what you're saying. First off, I think that there's some, some crappy strategies I've seen in the past, and this is not against Talking Tom, this is Mm -hmm. other developers I've seen where they've kind of shipped a version of something to Apple that might be geofenced that might Uh not have ads in it during the time of review or during the time before editorial placement might be really light on ads. And then, you know, after some amount of time, it just, you know turns on that waterfall and it becomes mm-hmm. bananas but it goes back to your earlier point about like there's not a lot of content that's paid for behind like a subscription or whatnot for kids um yeah and netflix has a great opportunity to do that i think that we, we both agree kids game, netflix yeah. call us certainly <laughs> <laughs> like there is a problem around ads in kids yeah. games specifically it drives me nuts um and when i was uh, at Apple, if we saw something like that, we would call the developer and be like, hey, we saw an ad that was in one of your games that was geared towards kids. Clearly, and nobody at, okay.
0: at Outfit7 who makes Talking Tom answers the calls because they got <laughs> about a few billion installs on those cats.
1: Yeah, and I, I think like... the uh, yeah, the the quality of the ads too have has kind of degraded over time. Not that they were no. like there was some heyday of ads when no. they you know they were amazing, but I don't want to kill Austin with you know uh, lava anymore. I, <laughs> I like, dude, I am so tired yeah. of those ads. And and, and, yeah.
0: and by the way, like I just want to I just want to say, hey, Outfit Seven, we got nothing against you, but if I can ask, like at least put a button where I could pay one dollar or two dollars to get rid of those ads. So that yeah. my kid doesn't cry when she plays her game, like that would be most welcome feature. The is I'm like happy to the, pay.
1: The recurring revenue from those ads is going to be significantly more than what they could get from. Of course, you know, of course. Unless you're but, willing but it, to do like a five dollar month subscription. So, but it's it's, it's like it's, a, it's like a
0: predatory approach. It's it's like a hyper casual game for kids. They don't they don't understand that that there's going to be an ad every time they fail, or or you know even when they're doing good, there's just going to be like a. 30 second forced fate a fed ad. So, yeah, you know, I agree. Well, well, Mike, we've covered all the topics. Anything else you'd like to share?
1: Um, no, I'd love to come back at some point, you know, once I'm, Do it. Uh, once I'm a bit more settled in this role mm-hmm. and I can, I can pitch you fully on why Rec Room is the metaverse that's going to win and whatever our new brand around metaverse is going to be. Um, I think it's a really interesting space. You should have some other folks on to speak about it as well. Um, we'll have Brian. Yeah, thank app. you so much for it. You should get Brian in. Brian's amazing. Um, <laughs> he, he's awesome. He, he's um, much more thoughtful with his words than I am too. So he'll probably be a better, better fit for a
0: podcast. Yeah, well, we, we didn't um, really talk about rec room. So anybody who's listening to this rec room is available on all the platforms. I hear,
1: and yes, you
0: can even play it with Apple pen.
1: Yeah, Apple, pencil. Um, Apple Pencil.
0: Apple Pencil. Apple yeah. Pencil. It's not an Apple Pen. <laughs> yeah. It's a, not a Pineapple Pen either. <laughs> no. And thank you for that.
1: Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's
0: been fun. <laughs> of course. Of course. We're happy to have you again. And then we'll talk about a bunch of different topics, uh, just like now. But for now, I'm going to go to bed because I'm very tired. And Mike, enjoy your day in the beautiful Seattle. It's going to probably thanks. rain a little bit today. It's going to be yeah. pretty chilly. Uh, but the sushi is great and the forests are green that's true <laughs> that's that's all i remember from seattle <laughs> all right thanks everybody for listening and outfit seven nothing bad against you just add the buy button add something where i can get rid of the ads and i won't be mad at talking top so <laughs> on that note <laughs> goodbye thank you for listening to the whole episode If you like this podcast, please do leave a comment and share the episode. If you want to access the Deconstructor of Fun community with hundreds of senior games folk, go to our website and apply to the Slack group. And if you want to get notified of all the new content we have coming out every week, do subscribe to the weekly Deconstructor of Fun newsletter. Finally, do remember, we love you guys and we appreciate you guys. Catch you next time.